Listen in Fridays to the new feature Times Like This on Aro City Radio in partnership with Luxembourg Times. Good morning, Dawei. How are you? Good morning, Sam. I'm very well. Good. Good to have you back in, and uh, especially because there's so much to chat about this week. Um, there was, yes. I've barely recovered. <laughs> I mean, I guess the big story this week is the the plagiarism story. Uh, I've, I should mention I've gotten in about ten memes this morning, just all of the the copy tanny uh, one. I'm sure you've seen <laughs> yeah. that one doing the rounds online. Um, so Bettle admits to thesis mistakes after plagiarism claims, but I mean these claims are fairly strong. Uh, with figures I've seen of up to 96% of the thesis being um, plagiarized. So how, how big a story is this? How much damage can it do? And with three years kind of left in this government cycle, can you write it out? Is this a thing? Well, a couple of things. First of all, it was a very big story because it was one of those that you immediately see hit the international headlines. Mm. And there was almost this frisson in Luxembourg. Like, oh, look, we're making international headlines. <laughs> People clearly uh, 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 enjoyed themselves on, on Twitter and so like, oh, look, we're in The Guardian. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for the wrong reasons, though. Uh, so, yes, it was internationally it was a big story. And... Um, uh, domestically, I think, uh, um, I don't know, in any other countries it would be a pretty big deal. When you look at how politicians reacted here in the country, were like, oh, we have to see what the university comes up with, you know, and you just, these are just allegations. They were not just allegations. Bettel put out a statement mm -hmm. almost immediately saying, well, yeah, I probably should have done that differently. He didn't say I plagiarized it, but he said uh, he admitted sure. to most of it. So, uh, but but politicians seem to be sort of in wait and see stance, uh, obviously from within his own party, uh, uh, but also the CSV and even the ADR, the nationalist, uh, the nationalist right wing party. Are they all just saying, please don't look at our thesis. <laughs> Well, oh, you know, because <laughs> this is a story that's come up quite a bit recently, like in, not in Luxembourg, but in Germany. I was oh, reading that there's been I, I six asked, or seven uh, people. We looked for background. Uh, can you, can you, can we? Uh, we were thinking what what other examples uh, can we uh, can we think of of people who got uh, politicians who landed in trouble over uh, over faking their academic work? And the list is just endless. It just goes on and on and on. There is barely a, particularly in Germany, there there were so many cases, uh, mm. that, and sometimes it leads to people resigning, and sometimes it does not. Uh, the interesting thing was that we had a sort of a mini poll out on the Luxembourg Wort website where people mm. could vote what you think should happen. And there, a vast majority of the people say, not a vast majority, but like more than 40% of the people say, we think he should go if this is really what he did. Mm. So it seems that the uh, the general public is much more critical of what happened here than uh, than politicians, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, I wonder, will, it, will, that, will, that, will that stick around, that kind of feeling, or will it... Just I, sort of dissipates. I don't have. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have any sign uh, that it is getting worse at the moment. Politicians yeah. have said, well, "Let's wait and see." Now the university is going to look into it. You know, what 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 can the what what needs to be investigated? Mm. He's already said, "Yes, I've I've copied and pasted most of the <laughs> most of my stuff from the from the website of the European Parliament." And then also, then the professor doesn't notice that, so he's never looked at the website of the European Parliament. Mm -hmm. In 1999, I think there weren't that many websites around, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it is an odd story, uh, and not the only story featuring W. Battle this story, week. No. Uh, you had an interview with him, and uh, that's out today, uh, yesterday. Sorry. Um, tell us about the story. 
Well, that uh, we had a big interview with him. It was long uh, planned in advance. That took place on Monday. Uh, hour-long interview. Uh, he sat down with us uh, for, for a live interview. So I thought it was... Uh, I, I appreciated that. It's, uh, that's quite brave to go live on. We, we were webcasting it. so mm-hmm. uh, um, And in English, which is not his own language. So I was, uh, that was good. It was a good conversation. And we talked about Pegasus, the spyware made by the Israeli firm NSO, of course, that also has a, a significant operation here in uh, in, in Luxembourg. But well, we don't know if it's a significant operation, but they have lots of corporate units here. Quite what they do, we don't know. But anyway, so we talked about that and we said, isn't it time for more due diligence? Because Pegasus was used to uh, snoop on politicians. It was also used to spy, uh, to monitor uh, uh, Jamal Khashoggi, the Saudi uh, journalist who was later, who was later murdered. Um, And we said, isn't it time for more due diligence? We talked about that a little bit. And in that discussion, he said, well, we also use Pegasus. And, um, uh, and, uh, but we do it for the right reasons, so, uh, which is you know, to prevent terrorism. And immediately the next morning, there was a, was a parliamentary question. It's like, what do you mean we're using Pegasus? Because apparently the government had never said that, had never admitted that. Huh. And then uh, again, so normally when there is a parliamentary question, It takes two weeks before there is an answer. But here there was an answer within three hours. <laughs> it indicates that they had seen it coming. Um, and it said, uh, oh, uh, I wasn't talking about Pegasus because uh, I'm not allowed <laughs> to talk about Pegasus. I'm just talking about spyware in general. Right. Now, I will not be the one to judge, but you can listen to the fragment yourself and see what you think. My question is about NSO and about Pegasus. Uh, he he names he mentions the word Pegasus a few times. So, so there's a bit of a Jedi mind trick going on here. This isn't the spyware that you're looking for. At least there was a very healthy dose of constructive ambiguity there. But uh, no, we were talking about Pegasus. So uh, I think it it looked like he let that slip. But uh, um, yeah, that wasn't that was potentially I thought. Uh, a more, more uh, politically more sensitive story because plagiarism in the 1990s, all right. Who hasn't done it, right? But, uh, <laughs> I'm just looking at the text. So uh, one says, uh, would that be the 40% of the population or would that 40% who want him out be uh, the 40% that don't have a vote uh, to Parliament? I'm sure th- I would say it's probably more than that, actually. And uh, The, the vote poll was very unscientific because it may right. have been five journalists who clicked on the, all the time. <laughs> just to see the result. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and JC says, I'd probably only have about 95% rate copied on mine just because my name's a bit longer. Meredith says, who cares about uni work? Well, uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, the interview, it wasn't just about Pegasus. It was much more wide, uh, you know, in wider in scope. What, what we else tried to ask all the questions we think uh, are on the minds of, of expats. So we started talking about EU salaries and okay. why it's so hard for the EU to attract people here. Uh, I thought uh, it was brave, but he was also, he sounded very defensive, I think, most of the time. Uh, he said, well, you know, EU salaries, not my cup of tea, can't decide. I said, well, we said, yes, but uh, it's the reason that people don't want to come here is because the cost of living is so high. So what are you going to be doing about that? Obviously, he had just announced some, uh, some housing measures uh, in his State of the Union. There's going to be a registry of empty apartments and uh, there is going to be a tax on empty plots of land. So uh, those are two measures that could help. I don't think it will me it will immediately send house prices crashing, but uh, uh, it could over the longer term have some effect. So he said. Uh, then we said, well, yes, all right, but you're doing this now, and house prices have been going up and uh, exploding for, uh, for, for for ever since you came came to power. And why don't you do more about it? So we talked about that. 
We talked about Luxembourg's uh, reputation as a tax haven because you keep ha having these big journalistic investigations that, that, that are hitting Luxembourg. Uh, and he said, well, yeah, but we're compliant with all the rules. Uh, I think that, that is a, that's another topic for debate because we don't always know whether what's happening because a lot of it's confidential, so we don't always know what's happening. But uh, we're And so I said, well, are you happy then to, uh, to live with that reputation as a tax haven? And he said, yes. Well, that was a very clear answer. Okay, so, fair enough. Uh, yeah, we talked about uh, then we talked about Pegasus. We talked about uh, we talked about um, this image that the country is trying to build of being a, uh, a, a an oasis of sustainability. Uh, and well, okay, so there is the the sustainable finance industry, which is uh, very large in 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 Luxembourg, and at the same time. Uh, it is a, a car-crazy country. There is the most cars per thousand people in all of Europe. Uh, petrol prices are, uh, are among the lowest. It has the highest carbon emissions in, uh, in Europe. And his response is, well, what do you want? Do you want me to forbid people from driving a car? And I think, yeah, I think that was, that was a bit. I mean, there's, there's a difference between forbidding people to drive and being the country with the most cars a thousand people mm -hmm. in Europe, right? So it sounded like um, the government is is willing to make some steps towards solving that issue, but they're going to be very small steps because um, because they don't want to hurt, I think, uh, business interests. Uh, a texter just says, can you ask him about Romania not accepting EU invitations, please? What's, what's that about? Um, well, okay, so there was a... <laughs> That um, so, Gramenia was the European Parliament had, doesn't have the right to, to tell Gramenia to come because they Gramenia is not accountable to the European Parliament. Mm -hmm. And there was a group of people who were very uh, uh, upset about uh, these uh, the ICIJ investigations and who wanted to talk to uh, Gramenia about it. And uh, the government said. Um, well, we're preparing a, a large uh, written response and we're not going to sit there and... Uh, be lectured or whatever it is. Be lectured, take part in your political show you can, so that you can make some... Frankly, I thought that, yeah, if he'd said no to the Luxembourg Parliament, that would have, would have been a scandal. For him to travel to the European Parliament that he's not accountable to, that he that, that, didn't, elect, uh, that didn't elect him, I, I think that's almost understandable, to be honest. Uh, so, on a slightly similar thing, Luxembourg is the only, and we've talked about this story before, uh, Luxembourg is the only country in the EU that hasn't done anything to restrict gun laws, as requested by Brussels. Yeah, I, I was intrigued by that, because uh, what does what Brussels have to say about gun laws? Uh, and these are, these are tiny tweaks. It's not like, you know, uh, it's, it's easy to buy a gun in Luxembourg. But there are, they are rules, for instance, for semi-automatic we weapons and for weapons that have been uh, uh, made uh, non-functioning, but then you can restore them back. So that, like if you have a sports gun to, to, send a, to start a race uh, and you can tweak it back so that you can actually, it, that it's a lethal weapon again. There were some tweaks in the rules that the commission has, uh, has said countries should implement. Um, and uh, most countries have started doing that, but in Luxembourg, nothing has changed yet. And the only other country that hasn't done that is Slovenia, uh, which is on the Balkans, as you know, which is a uh, one of the great sources of uh, weapons uh, flooding uh, across Europe. 
uh, because of the of the wars that have taken place there recently. And the reason that the Commission did that it was uh, uh, the Commission has long been worried about the high number of guns that uh, that, that it's, it's apparently easy to 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 to, to get a, a gun or also like a semi-automatic gun, and um, they've long been worried about that. But after the Bataclan. Uh, terrorist attacks. Uh, they uh, they started uh, doing something about it, and that's what this is part of. And is there a reason why Luxembourg is dragging their heels on this? I think we asked this before, but is well, they had the law in 2019, and then uh, the state council, which is this kind of I, I never know how to explain the state council, but it's the highest legis- legislative body in the country. It's like it's almost like a house of lords mm-hmm. or a senate uh, or a privy council, something like that. And they said, well, on the one hand, this law um, um, is too strict uh, because, for instance, if you're an arms collector and you have a, a machine gun from the Second World War, this would now also no longer be allowed. And I was like, wow, okay. that's a huge <laughs> issue. Sure, that affects four people, <laughs> maybe. Two of which are in the state council, probably. Well, probably, yeah. I mean, is right. that... Sure. I don't know, just uh, an idea. Sure, but, yeah. Um, and on the other end, it wasn't strict enough. So then they, they, the whole law was canned again in 2000. But I don't understand it, because when the tighter COVID rules came out, that they're going to in, go into force um, on Monday, on Tuesday, no, on Monday, uh, the State Council also said, no, we have some privacy concerns, because then you need, now you need to show your health details to your employer, mm-hmm. which I thought was a valid argument. And then the government said, oh, well, thank you very much, whatever, we'll do it anyway. So they don't have to listen to the State Council. But when there was this huge issue about um, antique machine guns came up, uh, they did listen to it. So Strange. Mm, strange. Mm. Uh, on the subject of cars and petrol, uh, figures skewed, says Mac. Uh, how many of those cars are cross-border and how many cross-border people buy their fuel in Luxembourg? Hands up, mate. I'm, I'm oh, one. it's you. All yeah, right. It's me. Uh, <laughs> well, stats are stats. The numbers are what the numbers are. I mean, it's one of the highest... Uh, oh, the car- carbon commissions are the way they measured. Yes, okay, if there are... Uh, but but, but like some does rely on cross-border traffic. Sure, so, then so the traffic is there, right? So. Traffic is there. I mean, mm. it's... Uh, then maybe you should have better trains and more trains, easier trains. Um, so, a prison sentence looms over the former leader of Luxembourg's main opposition party. Yes. Things are going very well for the politicians in Luxembourg at the moment, aren't they? <laughs> uh, Frank Engel. So Frank Engel was this guy who dared uh, say in Parliament, uh, I think, no, he dared say in the party, he wasn't in Parliament, he was a uh, party secretary. He said, I think we should think about uh, introducing a succession tax in this country. And that is a huge issue because it would mean that uh, it has to do with home ownership. And it has to do with the concentration of uh, constructible land in the hands of a few families and companies. And uh, we also talked to Bettel about that in the interview. And we said, um, and he was he was adamantly against it. He said, no, I'm on the me. There's never going to be a succession tax. It's a really hot issue in the country. And Engel had said, um, I think we should think about it, and the whole and his fraction, his fact, the faction in Parliament uh, uh, was annoyed about it because he hadn't consulted them, and they said, "Wait, we are the elected people; it's not you." And then, and then they found some financial shenanigans in uh, in um, in a charity that he was running on behalf of the party. The, the I don't know how to pronounce that. The, it's sort of a charity, 
uh, and he, he paid himself a salary to do that work for the for the charity, but he'd never done the work. So I thought, oh, well, that's a political setup. They just want to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. You know, and they found some some bookkeeping errors. But then they went to court over it, and now the prosecution is saying, yes, it's fraud, and he should go to, to jail for nine months. Well, it's a suspended sentence, and he should pay a, a big fine. So there seems to be more to it, because uh, a prosecution a prosecutor doesn't likely ask you, for you to go to uh, to jail for for nine months, even if it's a suspended sentence. I think that's pretty big. Two other people were implicated in it as well. So, yeah, it's an intriguing story. I thought it was just a political row, but there seems to be more to it. So... Uh, and finally, um, quite a serious story. So the headline here, human trafficking, uh, a problem in the Grand Duchy, crime gang tied to Luxembourg construction sector. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's not a huge story, but of course, well, for the people involved it is. And uh, we've, we've, we talk about human trafficking so often, and uh, you always think it has to do with sex workers. But these were just uh, people working in construction. Obviously, there is a lot of, uh, there's an enormous squeeze in the, in the construction sector. It's very hard to get people. And, uh, and it was an Italian family that, uh, that uh, recruited uh, people from uh, European countries, I think from also Slovenia, but also from Italy and one or two other countries. And they, uh, they let them work under, uh, under uh, very bad conditions, not paying them enough, not, uh, not allowing them to take any holidays, uh, not paying their social contributions. And uh, so it was a it was a crime ring that was uh, busted by Europol. Uh, arrests were made in Belgium and France, I think, not in Luxembourg. But the workers were also uh, deployed in uh, in Luxembourg. So next time when you pass a construction site, uh, you can think Better of that story. Uh, so, if people want to see that interview with Xavier Battle, it is on the website luxtimes.lu. The full interview is uh, you, you'll also find it on uh, on YouTube. Fantastic. And uh, anything else coming up this week on uh, on the website? Well, I'm just trying to survive the day, but... Uh... <laughs> right. Well, uh, check out luxtimes.lu for all the news stories in Luxembourg. There's plenty on there. And uh, that interview with Xavier Bettel on the Lux Times YouTube channel. Xavier, Dowie, thank you so much. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you again. Thank you. Listen in Fridays to the new feature... Times like this on RO City Radio in partnership with Luxembourg Times.